It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. The Go Birds podcast presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore, Parks, James Seltzer with you. E, hey, buddy. Uh, the, the last one, I, I'll just, you know, I'll say at the top, a little less feisty than when we talked last. I'm, yes. I'm not in as yelly a mood. No one has to worry. I won't be going off on you, I don't think, at least. So I'm feeling better. You know, I'm still recovering Good. from the fact that my first game in my 40s was one of the more disappointing Eagles losses in recent years. So, you know, I'm okay. How you doing, pal? Well, it's funny. I, I always say this, how when we record after you do a show, you're always more wound up because, like, you're on the show all the time with the Cameron Richie, but obviously you're not able to talk 24-7 like we can on Go Bird. So I knew you coming out of a show after they lost to the Cowboys like that. Yeah. I was like, I'm definitely getting yeah. fired up. You're so that. right. So. No, it's a great point because he, Elliot's right. Like, I definitely talk on the show. Anyone who's listening, no, I'm like a third mic. I talk a fair amount, but I usually am talking, and this is inside baseball, but my role is usually more to jump in on, like, the fun stuff, the jokey stuff. And, like, Joe will come to me for my sports points and stuff, but I'm not as integrated into the sports conversations on a day-to-day basis. So Elliot is right, especially a day after an Eagles game that Tuesday there, like I had 50 million things I wanted to say and I couldn't say it on the radio. So you guys get it. So, um, but yeah, it's a great point. And I was, and I am, I am in a much better headspace today. Uh, Again, I'm not, I'm not feeling awesome about the Eagles, but I'm not quite as angry as I was the other night. I think we should, let's start with a little, I think we just dive into this and kind of, I think the big well, thing. Well, actually, really quick, I have something Ooh. right off the top that's a surprise for you. Ooh. So, so this was long I overdue. I love we, a good surprise. Yeah. This was long overdue. We owed it to our listeners. I have the official count for the SAT's reviews. Ooh. I went and I did. Yeah. You did it. Well done. We yeah. do. So for those who don't know, for those who are new, because as, as um, some of our great longtime listeners have pointed out. We've been derelict in our duty in bringing these things up. It's been a a long year. We apologize. But Elliot and I made a promise to our listeners that if we get to 2,000 five-star reviews, we're going to go take the SATs like a couple idiots. I'm 40. I am a 40-year-old who will be sitting in a classroom with high school students taking the SATs. We're going to post our scores. We're going to make fun of each other. We'll do a little video. The whole thing, it'll be be hilarious for everyone except me and Elliot. Elliot, where are we at? So I'm excited to do it although i will say i'm a little nervous i'll do so bad that it will be like awkward. a true like embarrassment people, you know like people yes. might not take you seriously anymore after, exactly yes yes, yes. that, is a, that is a good that is um, a good sorry <laughs> all right so as i said as you said we need two thousand to take the sat five stars only five stars you can leave reviews. a non-five-star yes, five review stars. don't but you can but only five-star reviews count towards this goal yes okay so we are at one thousand six 611. I used a calculator. So just so you know, this is where I'm at with my math skills. <laughs> Luckily, you can we use need, a calculator on the SATs. So. 
I think, right? You used to be able to. I feel like I also remember for math tests for like remember those TI eighty three calculators? Sure, you could program program that. Yeah, formulas in there. (laughs) Yeah, yes, you weren't you weren't allowed to use those for the SATs for that exact reason. You had to have one of the like old school calculators. Yeah, and so I like wouldn't study, and I'd be like, well, I'll just put all the formulas in the calculator, and then I would write them down on a piece of paper on like the test paper, and then I'd be like, actually, I have no idea how to even use these formulas. (laughs) So it wasn't always working out great, but okay. So 1,611, which means we need 389 more five-star reviews. I think we should set the goal, and we're going to need the help here. End of the season, 389 more reviews. Okay, I think that's doable. So let so we have uh, 14 weeks left in the season, obviously, unless there are playoffs, which, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll talk about that in a bit. We're going to get there. Uh, so that means, uh, so 14 more weeks, 389 Okay, I was about to try and do math live on the pod. Guess what? Not going to do that. Yeah. So uh, 389 divided by 14. So we need 27 a week. All right, guys? 27 a week. This is doable. This is doable. We need Malcolm Jenkins a week. Okay? Give us a Malcolm yes. Jenkins a week, please. Exactly. That's the go to right. 27, right? So that's where we're at. 389 more. You have to open the app. You leave five stars. You leave a little comment. If you ask a question, and for the next pod, we'll do this. Ask a question and we'll answer it on the next pod. I love that. Well, the next next week pod, not the yes, pod. yes, yes, the yes. Not that, not that, not the post game pod because that is just reaction. But the next preview pod, which will be next week, if you leave a review and ask a question there, we'll answer the question no matter what it is. Okay, no matter it could be an Eagles question, it could be a question about us, it could be a question about our personal lives, it could be a question whatever. Obviously, if it's inappropriate, you know that is right. you know we don't need to, then we'll text you. Then we'll say then we'll say what the hell's wrong with you. Come on. But we will answer any question you want. So if you leave a five-star review, you got a question there, it will be answered on the next preview pod. I love that idea, E. All right. Although, to be honest, with the Chiefs game coming up, we might need content for the post-game. It might be like, well, the Eagles got waxed. What do we talk about? Oh, let's answer questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll see. The line, a little weird. We'll get to that later. Um, Yes. (laughs) A little weird. All right. uh, Let's dive in. As uh, I thought the best thing to do today, coming off of that Tuesday pod where we were both emotional and feeling it, me in particular, emotional, not a lot of sleep, wasn't feeling great, and was angry. Um, I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of check back in uh, a couple of days later as we head into this Chiefs game because, look, we don't need to preview the Chiefs game. I, I think we're going to make our pick later. I think everyone knows the the Herculean task that is facing the Eagles, facing a, a one and two Chiefs team that need desperately needs a win coming in here. But um, I thought it'd be good to kind of check in on where we're at after Tuesday a couple of days later, like Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, the team moving forward because I think we both, I've had some pretty strong feelings, some strong changes in our belief about each of these people and their teams. So let's check in. Let, let's start with Sirianni. Let's start at the top. Let's start with the head coach. Um, I, I know that after after Monday night, my opinion of Nick changed, and I also am trying to weigh that with the, you know, this guy is brand new to this and deserves a shot. Where are you at with Nick Sirianni after, again, as we talked about, and I know we argued a little bit about certain things with Sirianni, but we both. We both agreed that coming out of that game, we were more concerned about Nick Sirianni than Jalen Hurts moving forward. Are you still there? Where are you at with Sirianni right now? So I, I've come down off that a little bit. Um, I would say I'm probably a little more tied now. Uh, if not, maybe leaning a little more Hurts, but we'll we'll get into that. But in, in terms of Sirianni, and we we texted about this, and I think it's it's really true. And you said this during the during the preseason or the off season, and I looked over this. I was wrong about it, right? But I do think just like with with uh, Jalen Hurts with Sirianni, he also should get some time to develop. Now we both know the reality of the situation for Jalen Hurts, which is if he doesn't win the job this year, he's probably not back next year. And who knows? Maybe that will apply to Sirianni as well. We talked about that on the last pod. But when I look at the Dallas game. I look and I think I see a head coach that got lost up in the moment, got was was not ready to coach on that type of stage, had never called plays before, and the running game thing like just got away from him and he didn't do a good job in the moment. But where I think I come on where I think I like fall on Sirianni is I personally believe he is a smart enough and good enough football mind to adjust and learn, right? Like the Chiefs coming up this week. The Chiefs are bad against the run. 
I believe that they're going to run the ball a lot this week. And I'll admit that I'm easily impressed. Is it impressionable? Is Mm -hmm. that the, yes, I'm easily impressionable. I will admit that. But just like when you're, when Matt Sirianni's press conferences, and this is probably going to differentiate me from you a little bit and probably the general fans. Like, I do think he's impressive the way he talks and explains things like his reasoning for the lack of runs. I think it's true. Now, it doesn't mean it's acceptable, but I don't think he's up there lying or giving faulty logic. Like the logic of we had RPOs called and Jalen kept it a lot of times like that's true. Now he should have put more runs in there, right? Like he should have adjusted. But I think that's where you have to sit back and say he's a first, he, you know, he's a first year head coach. He's never called plays before. What what are the things he's good at, right? Like I do believe he schemes things up well, but if his play calling's an issue, maybe it's just going to be a painful year, a painful few weeks, and then you hope to see improvement there. So I don't believe like with with Jalen, you know, I think it's harder for Jalen to improve at the things he needs to improve at than the things Sirianni has to. If that makes sense. No, I understand. And also, look, it's one of those things where with Jalen, and we'll get them, but it might just be physical or mental limitations that don't allow him to get to where he needs to be. It could be a processing thing. It could be a a physical arm thing like we've talked about. We'll get to that. But here's my concern with Sirianni, and I think all of what you said is very fair. And and I did say, you're right, coming into the season, I said this guy's going to need time. Like, he's never been a head coach before. He's never called plays. He's 40 years old. Like, this is a lot on this guy's plate at a young age without a lot of the requisite experience that a lot of people come into this role with. So, I, you know, I was concerned about that, and I do think he deserves time. Like, I I think that with both of these guys, uh, uh, overarching, you know, before we dive in and, and criticize and all that, I do think that both Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts deserve more time than they've gotten to figure out what they are and what they can be in the NFL in these roles. I understand the realities of the situation and that certainly for Hurts, they're probably not going to get as much time as they probably deserve to prove it, but... You know, that that's a separate issue. I do believe holistically that that they deserve time, that, that you don't really know. Here's my concern with Nick Sirianni, and I'm not saying I'm there yet. Uh, again, I'm not, you know, I'm just talking about what I liked about him going in and what makes me nervous now. I, as I've talked about a bunch of times, I like the teaching thing. I liked, you know, the way he goes about talking about players and putting them in positions to be successful, and that's his whole thing. It's all about the players. I love all that stuff. The problem with that is that we have not seen it, certainly since week one, the the playing to your player's strengths. Like, that has not happened since week one. But I think my bigger issue, and again, it's a concern. I don't know if it's true. I'm not around Nick Sirianni. I don't interact with Sirianni. But I'm concerned that it's a combination of him being just, just too raw for this role right now, him just not being ready. For this, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he can't be a head coach someday, but I, I don't know if he's ready for this coming in with this little experience in the head coaching role and the play calling role. I'm concerned about that. And I I don't think he's – I think Nick Sirianni's smart. Like, you don't get to be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles at the age of 40 unless you're smart, period. You just don't. I mm-hmm. just – I don't think he comes off as a football genius guy, right? Like, the – the Kyle Shanahan's, the Sean McVay's, the this and that, whatever you feel about those guys. And look, those don't always make great head, great head coaches. Sometimes they're just, they should be calling plays and they shouldn't be head coaches. But the idea with hiring someone like Nick Sirianni at that age with that little experience, it is almost always someone who is a genius. Or, or it's someone like Mike Tomlin who walks into a room and every person in that room turns around and is like, that dude. All right, that guy's got gravitas. And as much as I think Nick is likable, uh, as much as I think he can relate to people and all that, I don't think he's either of those things. And I think he can grow into being versions of things that, that could be a great coach. But right now, like, he ain't a football genius. He ain't an offensive guru. He ain't a mastermind. And he's not someone who walks into that locker room and commands respect. Like, he does the T-shirt thing, and I, I don't have a problem with him doing the Beat Dallas thing. I think you kind of look foolish when you get your butt whooped and you do that all week. But I have no problem with that and the t-shirt and stuff. But, like, he definitely is not someone who they look at and be like, that's my coach. You know, they look at it as like, I like Nick. That guy's awesome. But, like, he's not Mike Tommy. He doesn't command respect, at least as far as we know. Again, this is all, you know, my concerns and conjecture. I'm in the locker room. But it doesn't feel like he's the command respect no matter what guy or he's the, the genius guy. I just don't know if at this age, with this little inexperience, he's going to be able to overcome that and succeed in this specific situation now. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, and look, you there's two things there. And the first one, I, I you're right. Like he is not ready. I don't think there is a maybe about this. Like he is not ready for this job. Now, does that mean he can't be good at it? No, he can still be a good head coach. Does that mean the Eagles can't beat the Chiefs on Sunday or like string together some wins? No, those things are certainly possible. But when he was hired, like he has a good resume and all those things, but like to your point, I mean he's only 40 years old. Like he he was he was a uh, he was hired because they're in a transition year, right? Like if they had a roster and I thought I still stand by the fact that I think the roster is better than people think, but if they had like the chiefs roster or something like Sirianni's not getting that job, you know, like Sirianni got this job because the Eagles were willing to let him grow. Jeffrey Lurie said it when they hired him with the coach you can become not the coach you already are. So we are definitely on the same page with that. Like there's no ifs, ands or buts. Like he was not ready for this job and he's learning on the job, like literally. Right. Now, the second part of it, though, I don't know if I completely disagree with you, but let me give you my thoughts and, and tell me. Maybe you can help me form my opinion. Sure. So you said you don't think he's like a football genius. Now, there was that uh, the stat that there was no motion last week before the snap, right? Like those things are, are worrisome. But I also think that like when it comes to being a football genius, you do have to have the players to execute the plays. And I'm not trying to like heap it on Jalen Hurts too much, but like, you know, if Jalen Hurts throws a better pass to Jalen Rager at, at the opening drive, like you know, then then we're sitting here and saying, "Wow, uh, look at that opening." See, drive. I know like, you're. I, uh, not to interrupt, I'll let you keep going, but no, I, okay, just, I I think that you're you're like I don't think there was any chance they win that game on Monday night. Like I don't. Uh, Jalen Hurts can play way better, and I think they lose that game. Like I thought they were outclassed on Monday night from a talent, well, hold on. Su- from a super talent quick. perspective I, I'm not having and a coaching perspective. No, I'm I know. Not, I'm, I'm just saying, like I don't. My point is like there is nothing that 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 you can say that is going to make me feel better about what Nick Sirianni did on Monday night from an offensive perspective. No, no, but okay, but but I guess what I'm trying to say though is if you look at the just the opening drive, forget like the whether they could have won the game and those things. Like big play to Dallas Goddard, right? Then I think they had a short screen or there was some other play in between. And then like so if Jalen Hurts does hit Jalen Rager, then I think you're looking and saying, like, wow, what an initial game plan by Sirianni. They went right down the field uh, but and here's, scored. Uh, again, on that play, though, why is Rager running that route? Rager wasn't open. Like, yes, it was a bad throw, but I don't even know if Rager makes that play. Like, why are you designing that play for Rager? Like, that didn't make any sense, well, too. Was open with a good throw. Uh, I don't know there's if he was, man. It was really close. It was a bad route, too. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't I mean, I don't know if I think it's a bad route. But re- regardless, like the point I'm making is I, I think that like there there are things you can look at where you can definitely point to like, look, his offense is not taking the league by storm. He's not doing all type of creative ideas, right? Even the only trick play he's run, we've seen before. So like he, he there has been nothing where you're like, Wow, what a what a play. But I do think what you've seen, and you saw this in week one against the Falcons, is like I do think he has a good feel of how to attack a defense. I just don't know if he's like creative and genius about it, but I think he understands football and like what what plays work against what defenses. Now the issue is Jalen Hurts after week 1 has not played well. And like that just impacts his ability to look like a good head coach. So to your point, yes, there has not been like the creativity and I don't remember what Sean McVay's first year like or like Kyle Shanahan, you know, whatever, right? But there's n- there's not been like plays where you're like, whoa, what a, what a great play, like what a design we've never seen before, like that's a class, like that's a Sirianni play. But I do think he, I I think he knows football. I don't think he's, I and get, I know you're not calling him dumb, no. but I think he does have a, a very like but elite I, level understanding of football. I just don't think it's being executed yet. I think every offensive and defensive coordinator in the NFL has an elite level understanding of football. I, I that I, I get that. I, I think. Yeah. Well, you're right. That's not like a specialty for right. his job. Right. Like, yeah, the right. point is I want the guy who's the next level of that, the guy who can have elite understanding of football and then diagram plays that beat certain things that that are unbeatable, that this that like that uses space, uses motion, uses the whole field, like does all this interesting stuff and then that that's and we haven't seen any of that. But even more so to your Jalen Hurts point, like I don't think he's putting Jalen Hurts in a position to be successful. I mean, th- this should be a running offense. Like, Jalen, I know yeah. there are RPO choices, but, like, they should have designed runs for Jalen. Like, he should be moving. He should not be throwing 50 times from the pocket or whatever it is. Like, I, I understand your point, and if Hurts plays better, Sirianni probably doesn't look quite as bad. But I think that part of the reason, and Hurts has made some bad throws, but I think part of the reason Hurts is playing bad is because Nick Sirianni is not putting him in positions to be successful. Yeah, look, I, I'm not disputing that. I think there's there's truth to it, but I think kind of like 
when we when we look at Jalen Hurts, like there's things me and you both really like about him, right? Like his his leadership, his ability to move. Like I I do think he I believe he's a quality passer, and we'll talk about that more when we talk about him. But like there there are positives there, right? I think we have to look at Sirianni in, in some ways in the same light and say like, okay, what do we think he can do, and what are his deficiencies, and can he overcome those, right? And I think his deficiencies right now are like when he gets to the sideline, he's not used to doing this. Like he he's not good at play calling. He doesn't I don't know if he quick if he thinks quickly on his feet. Like I, I don't know about that, right? So but like I think in time we'll see if he can develop into that. But where I guess we slightly disagree or at least are on a little bit of different pages, I do believe he can scheme. Now we'll see if over time that proves to be true, but I, I'm not ready to say he can't scheme an offense. No, uh, and I'm not saying that yet either, but I, I will say— You're I, right that the evidence is on your side. I've been right? unimpressed with it so far is all I'm saying. And and I, I and again, back to the original point, it does feel like he is overmatched, and you hope that he can figure it out, but it's a tough spot to figure it out, especially if things start snowballing. And, like, they're 1-5, 1-6. Like, it's a tough spot for a guy like that in that situation who's never been there before. So I just—I see how it could go badly quickly. Like, let's put it this way, and, you know, again— and. I'm a lot of what I'm saying is conjecture. Like I'm just saying what I think could be an issue. But mm-hmm. if I had to bet my house, like today, you have to bet your house. Will Nick Sirianni be the head coach of the Eagles in five years? I wouldn't bet it. Like I would not bet my house that Nick Sirianni would be the. I, I would bet my house that he wouldn't be. You know, if if given yeah, but those like, two options, how many options, coaches would you bet? You know, like whatever, I think in five three years, year, time, three years, point. whatever. Yeah, okay. My point is, if All I had right. to bet, will Nick Sirianni have a winning record as the Eagles head coach? I would bet no. If I had to bet, will Nick Sirianni have a successful tenure as the Eagles head coach? I would bet no. And I I, I mm. hope I'm wrong. I really like this guy, but I'm I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous yeah. about what I've seen from him these last two weeks. So let me ask you another Sirianni question because we jokingly talked about it, but I think in some ways it's an important topic, like the T-shirts. You know the dog mentality, the yeah. dog culture. The dog mentality. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm so far I, out on that. Right. And also spelling Here's it with the D A W G. Like the whole, it just, that's part of it, right? Is is and the t-shirts and all that stuff. Like I had no problem with the t-shirts, but when you have this reputation as Mister Harry High School guy, and you're this animated, you're different, all that stuff. Like, I, I like that he's himself. I like that he's authentic. I really do appreciate that about him, but. I do think you you run the risk of becoming a caricature to your players, to guys in the locker room, to guys around the league. Like like that, man, that and again, I don't he's had some tough press conferences the last few days. I've not liked the way he's talked about accountability. I thought he was too flippant. So I disagree talk, with talking with you about he's like, Oh, it's simple. It's simple. It's not simple. Like Derek Burnett has been doing this for years. Like fixing that is not simple, clearly, but but the uh, the 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 freaking Dak Prescott thing, man, like like, I know, like, it's, you know, Dak Prescott's a great player, but, like, that gushing quote, like, you should have heard Ray Dinger. When Ray was on with the Midday Show, Ray was talking about how green Nick Sirianni was, and he's like, that Dak Prescott quote, he goes, ho-ho, doesn't get any greener than that. And you know when Ray gets, like, animated a little bit, and he's like, ho-ho-ho, like, he was like, yeah. he was like, that was bad. Like, in Ray Dinger's opinion, he's like, that was bad for this man, for his role. He's like, people in the locker room hear that quote and are like, what the hell is that? Like, he's a football player on another team. Like, you know, like, it's, I, I, I just worry. And I, and again, like, maybe it's something that he can learn and change over time. But I, I worry that who he is authentically is, is something that might not work here in Philadelphia with this team. Yeah, I mean, I'm not as worked up about the Dak quote. I, I do think that he gives answers right now that are honest, but, like, the the answer is not what you Want to hear? So I don't think he's bad at press conferences in the way that like he's a bad liar, like those type of things. No, but, like no, I just did, I, I didn't I didn't like the way he approached these things. I don't. Yeah, no, I, I don't agree. think like, he's tough enough with this. Like I, right now, I don't think he's being tough enough publicly with this type of stuff. Like he needs to be hard with Derek Barnett. He can't just go up to Derek Barnett and say, "Hey, Derek, all right." So you gotta you know, the way he made it imply. Maybe it is different behind closed doors, but the way he made it seem is like you know it's simple. You know, you just tell him there's what we want. There's what like he like he it, it was flippant. Right. It's like he needs to be like no like. This this is unacceptable. I understand this is unacceptable. And you can bet your ass that if Derek Barnett does that again, he's going to be sitting on the bench. That's how it is. Like, I need that from Nick Sirianni. Yeah, but that's not what... I mean, how many coaches are going to say that? Mike you know, Tomlin like, would I say it. behind closed doors, but... 
I mean, like, a lot of coaches would say that. Really? Yes. I'm going to bench a guy if he does it again at the podium. No, I don't I'm think not. But, like, if they have a guy who does it over and over and over and over again, like, yeah, they would say, I'm going to – maybe they wouldn't sing – they probably wouldn't single Barnett out. My point is he can say, if players keep doing these things, you can bet your ass they're going to be taken off the field. Or you can bet your ass they're not going to play. Like, set some well, real he, accountability. He did, but, he right, but he did, did say He did it in a flippant way. It was – dude, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just talking about the way he presents himself. Like – I understand that the actual words are not like that bad, but he is presenting himself as weak. He is presenting himself as weak. And these players hear these quotes. These players know these things. Like, I just think he is coming off as weak, personally. Well, so that's what that was where my question was going. And I do think if you read his answers on paper, they come across a lot better in, in some ways because I think he has this reputation now, as, like you said, Harry High School. But like he did say, we're not going to put out guys out there we don't trust. And if you keep making the same mistakes then we're not going to trust you, right? So, like, he did say kind of what you wanted to hear. But but regardless, to my question about you, to, to my question for you, do you think he needs to pivot? Or do you think he's gone too far down this road of, like, the T-shirts and, like, you know, all, like, it, it, does he run a danger if he decides, like, oh, man, this isn't working, right? Like, the whole beat Dallas and, like, the rivalry board and, like, right, all that. If he decides he feels it's not working, is it too late, like, is it going to come across inauthentic if he never wears another T-shirt again? Or if he's not... No, you know, doing I, I, I know what you're saying, but no. No, here's what you can say. Like, look, I learned my lesson. I wore a Beat Dallas shirt and they beat our ass. They embarrassed us on national television. So you know what? I'm getting down to business. I'm sorry. This is the, I, I thought it was fun. I appreciate the shirts, but you know what? We need to win football games. Like, I think people would respect that. I think people would appreciate that. I think people look at it as like, okay. that's our coach getting serious. Like, I, I'm not... And again, okay. I don't have a problem with the shirts, personally. Me. I don't, but I, it's clear a lot of people do like it's clear. So I, I, I don't can't decide if I have a problem with the shirts. I on don't, one hand, I really don't like I, it's fine. You just got to win. Like you can't wear those shirts and be a goof and be a loser. Like you can't do but that. That's kind of the problem. I think with the shirts is like, right. you're setting yourself up for that event potentiality. Of course. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I saw this tweet and I wish I could remember who tweeted it. And I apologize for not giving credit, but it was something like, I think we're finding out why Ted Lasso was a great TV character and not a great coach. You know, and like, I think there's some truth to that. Like, we've talked about this, you know, comparing, well, I started the Ted Lasso thing. You, by the way, you started the Ted Lasso thing. Like, come on. Like, I see a lot of people trying to take credit for this. Like, check the tapes. Very clearly. Enough. Enough of this revisionist history, please. Right. So, like, I I think, like, my concern with Sirianni is, is less, like, the football part of it because i think he'll be able to scheme stuff up and when if jalen plays better in the whatever like i think they'll be fine my my concern is more the other stuff of like i don't know just sometimes i look at him and i'm like he's really he seems really smart like charismatic and like i think players love him then other times i look at him and i'm like i don't know man right so like i go back and forth on that so that would be more my where i'm at with him as opposed to like a football thing it's more of like like i don't know if it's gonna work but we'll see, you know, but I'm not out on him yet. Yeah. I, and again, I, I, like, everything I, I said, I'm not, I'm not totally out on him. There are things I like. I just am nervous. And if you force me to bet on it, I would, I would bet the other way if I had to, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know which way I'd bet yet I, because I'm not ready to, you know, I mean, look, I said, I thought they'd be good. So like, I, I'm not ready to say I'd bet against Sirianni, but I'd be lying if I said that like you weren't concerned. I feel as good now as I yeah. did after I did week of one. Course. You know? It would be silly to say that. So I'm with you. But All it's right. also worth pointing out like week one matters just as much as week three. No, it like, does. You know, it does. But but there are ways to put like the, the reason it's it's not that the, the win doesn't count. It's just Atlanta's clearly a, a dog bleep team. Like, let's be honest. They're True, bad football but if, let's team. Let's say they get blown out and, by the Cowboys. In week and we one. also and, talked about the whole thing of of Sirianni's offense no one knows what's coming and all that like after week one they did like i i, I think that matters yeah that you're true that that's true i guess i'm just saying i think it's interesting how, like if they get blown blown up by the cowboys in week one and then they beat the falcons in week three we're like okay he's improved you know so yeah no i get I, it i think like i think because of how ugly it is now i guess i'm just saying we can't forget that there were there were positives here too like this you know yeah. I don't, maybe i'm trying to talk myself into I, know. It, but, I get it i get it all right let's let's get there it's but first let me remind everyone, down the, the the Park Sportsbook app, Elliot and I have been having such a blast, even though we haven't been winning our parlays. We've been having a blast no, we've not. betting yeah. on these football games. The Park's pick spot will be out later this week as we will 
um, be doing it on Saturday morning this week. So it will be out before the Sunday games with all the picks. But, Elliot, I think now a, a perfect time since it is Thursday. We will not uh, be, you know, doing the Parks Picks Pod. Why don't we right now, everyone download the Park Sportsbook app. You can play this along with us. Let's make our pick on tonight's game right now. How yes. about that? It is Jacksonville at Cincinnati. The Parks Sportsbook app has Cincinnati as a seven and a half point favorite. Mr. Short Parks, what do you think? So I actually think a lot. I'm feeling myself coming off a 10 and five week. So yeah, like buddy. I'm looking Look at, at these lines and I'm Look saying. I, I forgot see- you had such a good week. What was my week? It was not as good. Seven and eight, sadly. Wow. I actually took the lead on you. Wow, look at you. I have 22 right through three weeks, and you have 21. Well, that so, won't last. Um, history, yeah. says, history says that won't last. So don't, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, look, just a guy to take my victory lap after week one. I got to take it now because <laughs> the later it goes, it's not going to be as much of a victorious lap. But, I love it. Um, so I'm feeling myself. I feel like I'm seeing winners all over the board. I think this is actually a very easy line, like super easy. Bengals and the points. So I do too, um, and I'm taking the Bengals as well. Uh, but I will just put the caveat in there of the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals are a seven and a half point favorite against anybody. <laughs> you know, against yeah, but, any. But I think against Jacksonville. I get it. I get it. I get it. Trust me. I I am taking the Bengals. Like I am just presenting the other side. I'm with you. I just don't think it's that easy. Like you made it seem like it's a no brainer pick. I'm taking them too. I'm just saying, like. It is the Bengals by seven and a half. It is a Thursday night game. Weird stuff happens on Thursday night sometimes. I'm just saying, like, I am taking the Bengals, but I would not, like, feel like this is a no doubt about it slam dunk. Yeah. It's never fun to bet on the team that has to win by, you know, eight points. Like, Especially right, when but, they're the Bengals. Yeah. Yes. But I don't know, man. Maybe the Bengals are nice. Like, Ooh, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the Bengals are nice. All right. Also, real well, I'll tell you this in a second go ahead okay so anyway yes everyone uh get the park sportsbook app bet on this with us or or other games we're gonna go through every game on the slate uh as of right now philadelphia and we'll make our pick later in the show but uh philadelphia against kansas city this week philadelphia is a seven point underdog i am shocked it's not more than that we'll pick our pick on that later in the show but but download the app and you can play all this with us. Have a blast all season. Of course, you do parlays, props, teasers. You can bet on individual player performances and you know how many touchdowns someone will score, yards, all those types of things. And of course, uh, you can bet on futures and anything and everything. It is a blast. We've been having so much fun. Here's the deal. New customers, if you sign up right now, you get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet of up to $500. Again, your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The website has all the details. You must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Elliot, yes, sir. So I was on with on your radio show today, and Jody Kimmer brought up a fantasy football trade. And I think I'm going to discuss it with you here because it is both Eagles and Bengals related. I and I love think it's a this. good jumping off point. Okay. Okay. Here was his what is, Let me guess. Let me guess because I know your teams are at least enough – I'm guessing he offered you Jamar Chase or Miles Sanders. Did he tell you this? No, no. I just okay. know he needs a running back, and you just said it's Bengals and Eagles, and I know you have Miles Sanders, and I know he has Jamar Chase, so I put two and oh, two together. Well, there you go. So that was the offer. I said no, and here's why. I, for I what think- it's worth, real quick, before you even go into your thing, if I were the Miles Sanders owner and I got offered that and is someone who I told you, by the way, Jamar Chase, I'm, I'm not going to take my victory lap yet, but there is someone here who freaking loved Jamar Chase for a very long time, uh, I would keep Miles Sanders, personally. Yes. Also, I don't remember being anti-Jamar no, Chase. No, you weren't. You weren't. You weren't. You weren't. You weren't. I was just yeah, okay. I was just very, very, very pro-Jamar Chase. Very high on him. Agreed. Yes. Okay. Here's my thing on Miles Sanders. I think his stock right now is at an all-time low, right? Joe sees that. I think Jamar Chase's stock is also at a high. So I think I'm paying a premium and selling off an asset that, like, is depreciated right now, right? But I do think Miles Sanders, like to what we were talking about with Nick Sirianni, I do think he'll learn. And I think Miles is going to become far more involved in the offense. And so, he's looked good this year. Like when give, he hasn't gotten the ball that much, but Sanders just looked good when he's touched the ball. Agreed. Agreed. And I have some thoughts on the Chiefs when we get into that. But I just wanted to throw that out there as like a, I think the Miles Sanders stock is low right now, but I don't think selling on him right now is the move. I agree. I agree. But you know, shout out to the camera. It's not a, it's not a crappy offer. Like it's a relatively. 
you know, you no, would, I agree. It's yeah. an interesting offer. Yeah, I agree. I like totally thought it was a smart offer by it him. was. It really was. But I agree with you, Elliot. I would not have made that trade either if I owned Miles Sanders. All right, let's get into Hurts, and then we'll talk about the team in Kansas City, kind of in tandem. But um, Hurts, uh, I think that's really the the biggest for you. It seems like kind of drop. You know, you're like we just talked about. It seems like you're even kind of more nervous about Hurts, or at least close to it with Sirianni. Um, where do you stand on Jalen right now after, you know, obviously a horrible performance on Monday night? Yeah. So to quote our good friend Jack Fritz and to reference a phrase he used to say on this pod, like, should we enter the trust tree for a second? You know, just like, <laughs> yes, judge, judgment-free zone. Yes. Everyone, you know, like, we're all just being friends here. We're not going to hold anybody to this. So Joe DeCamera said on his show two days ago, he said his opinion was Jalen Hurts is not the answer. And my initial reaction when I heard that was, that's brave to say, because I, I think that's what everybody feels. And I think, I like, I did it too. And again, trust tree, I'm not, right? Like, are we just talking ourselves into him? Like, I, I, I think he's good. I think there's, like, I think he's a 20 best quarterback already. But I do worry that maybe, maybe I was wrong about his arm. Like, maybe his arm is just not good enough. It's Maybe it's just not. Like, so... I just thought when he said it, it kind of put a bulb up in my head, and I was like, "Wow, like, yeah, like he's right." <laughs> but I, you know, I'm not there yet. But I like since we've recorded on Monday, I've become progressively more like, "What are we doing here?" Like maybe he's just not the guy. So I am certainly open to the possibility that he's not the guy. I am not ready to say that he's not the guy, and I'm not either. Yeah, not either. Um, but I, look, I I think. There, as we talked about in the Dallas game and the San Francisco game, you know there are real reasons for concern. I mean, you can look at the the arm, the the lack of zip, you know, the the inability to kind of get it into some tight windows. And again, the thing that even more so for me, because I think ultimately, I think his arm is is good enough. It, it's not a look. He definitely does not have an elite arm, right? He doesn't have like, you know, we were talking about, you know, he's not a great quarterback or anything. But Zach Wilson, like a perfect example of a guy who just has a, a cannon. Like that guy throws right, the ball and. Yeah, yeah, but but again, I'm just talking about that type of arm talent, like the the ability, yes, Aaron Rodgers, right. whatever you want to say, like someone who can can put the ball wherever the hell they want with serious velocity and a perfect spiral, and like it just looks right, it floats right, like you want know, a lead arm. I, I I don't think Jalen Hurts has that. I think he's got a good arm. I think he's got a fine arm. I think the bigger issue is that they're not using him right. Like I think they're not putting him okay. in positions to be successful. Like run the ball, man. Like run the ball with Jalen Hurts. Get him out in space. Have him play make like you talked about Monday on Tuesday like the best play of the entire game and whether he should have thrown it or not is the touchdown of Greg Ward that's a freelance play that's him just making earmuffs that's just him making shit happen you know what I mean so right. like I, I do think that I think there is talent there I think there's a lot to my my bigger worry is is the processing my bigger worry is that at a certain point no matter what offense you design for a quarterback your offense has to be able to stand in that pocket, at least if it's even if it's five throws a game. Your 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 quarterback has to stand in that pocket, be able to survey the entire field, make all of their reads, and find the right read and make the throw. You know, and I'm worried that that he can't do that. I don't know if he can or can't. We just haven't seen it yet. They haven't given him the opportunity to do it yet. They're not giving him that full field. So right. that's my concern with Jalen Hurts that we don't even know. But I'm definitely not ready to say, look, if, do I think Jalen Hurts has any chance of being a top five quarterback in the league? No. I, I don't think that I don't think his talent can take him there, but I think he'd be like a ten to fifteen guy in the right situation with the right talent around him and the right coach using him. I just don't know if he's in that position. He's certainly not from a talent perspective, and I don't know if he is from a coach perspective. So, you know, and this is this is kind of his make or break shot. So I, I again it's another one where I certainly think there's a very real chance that Jalen Hurts is not the guy in Philly no matter what, by the way this plays out. But I definitely think there is a world where he could be a guy. You know, so I'm um, I'm less nervous about Hertz and I mean Syrian about Syrian. But look, I do I see a a world where there's a I don't know like a forty percent chance that neither of them are here at the end of the year. Yeah, I totally see that thirty percent, whatever you want to say. Like I think there is absolutely a world where Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts are not here to start next year. I would be more surprised if Nick Sirianni isn't because of what you said with Jeffrey Lurie. I think it would have to go really really bad. But I think it's clear that Jalen, this is Jalen Hurts' chance. We've talked about it so many times. Like, the Eagles are not sold on Jalen Hurts. There is a reason these Deshaun Watson things keep coming up. There's a reason that they're still in on all of it. All that stuff. Like, 
there's a reason. It's because the Eagles don't look at Jalen Hurts and say, that's our guy for the future. Like, they just don't. They could say, maybe he'll turn into it, or maybe we're wrong and he's better than we think, and he's got a chance now. But they certainly don't look at him and say, that's our dude. And, you know, that alone makes it hard to believe that he's going to be the dude. So to your point, uh, you're right that I don't think they've put him in great spots. But I used to say this last year when we, we used to talk about like Doug versus Carson. And people used to say, like, roll him out, roll him out, roll him out. And my counter was always, look, like, yeah, you you can do that more. You can do it. But, like, ultimately, you have to be able just to run a regular offense. You know, like, in, uh, maybe the NFL is changing. Like, I don't know, right? Maybe the NFL is becoming more like college where, like, you have to have a quarterback where, like, you know, the majority of plays are not just pocket plays. I don't know. And I still think Kurtz could win from the pocket. But a player I often, like, for some reason in my head, compare uh, Jalen Hurts to his Kyler Murray. Maybe because they both went to Oklahoma. Like, they're both kind of undersized. Like, they kind of have a similar game. But I think Kyler Murray just has, like, a rocket for an arm. He has a right? cannon. I, Kyler Murray yeah. has an absolute cannon for an arm. And, and, and that's honestly, the that's the difference. And, and, and to be fair, he's quicker than Jalen Hurts, too. He has both things. Yes, though. he is. But, yes, he is. But I, but I also think, like, with Kyler, whenever I watch him or whenever I see, like, you know, a highlight or when the Eagles played the Cardinals, like, so many of the plays he makes are, like, off script, like, running around. And it's exciting. And it's, you know, right? Like, it's good. And I, I Kyler Murray can be a winning quarterback. But my question is, like, do we think that Jalen Hurts or Kyler, like, it, you know, like, I don't know. Do you think? Jalen Hurts can be a consistently winning quarterback when he has to make so many of his plays off script. When like he's always on the run, you always have to roll him out. Oh, and, no, like, that, that's ha- a concern for sure. I mean, again, I don't know the answer because part of me thinks the days of winning from the pocket are over, right? And maybe he can, but I, so that's where I get torn on Jalen. Well, look, I mean, Lamar Jackson has had a lot of success in the NFL. He's won a Super Bowl, but he's made the playoffs multiple years. He was a fourteen and two team. He won an MVP. Like Josh Allen does it like that. Yeah, I do think you can win in a different way. I don't think you have to have the classics in the pocket diagnose the defense. Like I definitely think the NFL is trending away from that, but I do think that I think it's that there are certain throws you have to make, you know, and have to be able to make whether from the pocket or from other spots. And that's going to come down to arm talent and reading the defense. You know, that that's what yeah. it all comes down to is I the right know. throw and making that throw. And, and there are going to be spots where Jalen hurts is whether or not he can win from outside the pocket stuff. There are going to be those. And that's maybe why Lamar Jackson has not gone, gone even further and stuff, you know? So I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a really interesting question. I think that the prototype of this, you know, the Kyler Murray Jalen hurts type of guy is something that obviously we're seeing more and more in the NFL. And I think that, I think that some team is going to win with that guy for sure. But I also think that it's, you know, I I think that you have to be able to make certain throws no matter what type of quarterback you are. And that's my concern with Hertz is can he make like seven, eight, nine throws in a row that are not just like check downs, right? Like, and I go back to the Goddard throw that he missed against the Cowboys. Like he has a great throw to Goddard to start the drive next drive. I mean, sorry, next play. It's equally right there. And I know you can't make every throw as a quarterback. I get that. But like that's a throw you have to make. And I think there's consistent accuracy where where I wonder is, and honestly, I think there's a tie-in to Ben Simmons here a little bit. And here's why. Ben Simmons was never a shooter, right? Like coming in and co- in from LSU to college, he was never able to shoot. He's never shot the ball. Thinking he's gonna be able to do it now is foolish. Like he's just not going to do it, right? And even if he does shoot more, he's not gonna do it consistently. The knock on Jalen Hurts coming out was his arm talent, right? That's why they moved on to Tua at Alabama. Like those things right and I just wonder like can you become a more consistent passer like I just I don't know like I I, part of me thinks you either have it or you don't and then part of me is like if anybody can teach themselves to do it it's Jalen Hurts and ironically enough my mom reminded me of this point this week which is and I've said this like he succeeded as a top high school quarterback in Texas he succeeded at Alabama for the most part he succeeded at Oklahoma so like don't bet against him like right but then I also just don't know if like there's certain things I think you either have it or you don't and, like, Ben can't shoot, and I just don't know if Jalen will ever have a good enough arm. No, it's a great point. And also, look, I mean, the flip side, and it is a great point that your mother reminded you of that you said, but at the same time, point you can also flip that around. I know it's funny to say. how many? I know, it's like reminding myself yeah. of a great point. But, like, yeah. think about how many Alabama and Oklahoma quarterbacks don't make in the NFL, right? Like, you can, and anyone who's a quarterback at Alabama or Oklahoma was also one of the top quarterbacks in high school, right? So it's like... Just because you you are those guys, and I know you succeed at those levels, but that doesn't necessarily mean you can make the jump. I mean, the jump to the NFL yeah. is so 
big. Like, there's so many guys who are all-time great college football players who just don't succeed at the NFL level, whether they're a high pick or not, you know? Matt Liner. Yeah. You know, so many guys we can count. Like, how many quarterbacks? I mean, most we'll first-round quarterbacks, yeah. Most first-round quarterbacks aren't good. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. You know, like, what is the hit rate? Like, 30% on first-round quarterbacks? 40%? You know, so, I don't know. I, I think that... I. I know what you're saying, and I think it's a fair point. And again, I I wouldn't bet against Jalen Hurts the person, regardless. Like that guy, I think if there is a way to become better at these things we're talking about, he's the guy who's going to figure it out. He's the guy who's going to work hard enough to get it. He's the one who's going to put in the time and the effort to get there. But yeah, to your point, like he, he just might not be good enough. I don't know. I really well, don't I just, know. Like to me, I think he's like ninety percent good enough. And the question is, can he get that last ten percent? Like I think we've said this a lot. Jalen Hurts. We'll play in the NFL for a long time. Like, I already think he's probably like the 19th or 20th best quarterback in the league. Like, all those things. Yeah, I think he's in the 20s somewhere. But he's he's an NFL quarterback. Like, worst, worst, worst case scenario for Jalen Hurts' career is he's a backup for 15 years, if he wants to be, or 10 years. Well, but what I like about Jalen's game, though, is he can do a lot despite his deficiencies. Like, he, like, they, they do move the ball under him. Like, they... They they stall, you know, the last two weeks. But like they do move the ball under him. They moved it under him last year. It went after Carson was benched and he came in. Like, and I know he had two interceptions last week, so it's a rough time to say it. But like in general, you know, this season he's done a good job taking care of the ball. He only has two interceptions in three games. He has no fumbles. Like, and very rarely, and again, it did last week, but over seven the seven games we've seen him, like things don't snowball on him. So I think he has enough his his floor is high, if that makes sense. I just don't know if he can reach his ceiling. Like, like I, like or I said, I think he's 90% or if his good. ceiling is high enough, that that's the other thing. Like, look, the arm thing, like his ceiling might just not be high enough, right? Like, we don't know. And that's the tough part for the Eagles. It's like, you know, if he can improve over the season and become the 15th best quarterback, like, then what do you do? Because do you take a gamble on someone and think this guy has a better arm, but like maybe he can't do what Hurts does? Maybe he's not a great leader. Like Carson had a great arm, you know, at least a strong arm, but like Carson was a bad leader. Carson wasn't that athletic. Like. There was a lot of things about Carson that Jalen has that ultimately I think will make Jalen more successful. So the question is like, what where do what do the Eagles decide? Do they say we're going to go with this raw talent like you know like a Zach Wilson or a Trey Lance, but maybe he doesn't have the things Jalen do, does? Like I don't know. It's like do you roll the dice or not? Um, all right, I want to get to the Eagles and and the Chiefs game. Uh, you know where we stand with the Eagles moving forward as a whole, and obviously we talked about most of it. Cause where we stand on Tyrion and Hurts kind of talks a lot about where you stand. The rest of the season, but we'll get to that that in one sec. Just quickly before we move off Hurts, I don't need to talk about it. I don't want to go into it. Just very quickly, your take on the Deshaun Watson stuff coming back up today. Jay Glazer, you know, mentions it on Sunday, then tweets, you know, keep an eye on this. And then Chris Sims comes out on Pro Football Talk and says, hey, the Eagles are still in. They're still in. Um, What do you make of it? So I think the Eagles would definitely still trade for Deshaun Watson if he was willing to come here, like for sure. But I think that this stuff is kind of like timing related. Like Chris Sims didn't say when he heard this. He could have heard this during the past offseason when we know they were trying to trade for him. And now Hertz had a bad game, so he brought it up. Like th- that could be that could be that. Jay Glazer didn't even mention the Eagles when talking about it. He mentioned Miami. So, you know, I, I think it's a lot of things put together to make it seem like something's close. And, you know, again, Jalen played bad. And that's the unfair unfair part of the job he's in right now is. Every time he plays bad, this stuff's going to come up, like, period. So I, I think they could still trade for him. I think it's possible. But ultimately, if he doesn't want to come here, there's no shot Monday night made him think, all right, let's go to Philly. You know, like, even if even if he looked and said, yeah, Jalen's playing badly, but, like, the offensive line's hurt. Like, you know, obviously Sirianni didn't come across great in that game. So I don't think anything he would watch on Monday night would say, yeah, let me go to Philly. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't think he wants to come here. And obviously you and I don't want him here, so we're good with that. But – um, I, yeah. I don't think he wants to be here. Um, all right. Uh, the team itself and, and wrap it into the chiefs game. Like, you know, where are you at now is again, the person who, you know, was one of the, the loudest voices in terms of, of how good the Eagles could be this year and how good you thought they'd be, but also, you know, a realist and you've seen what, what's happened. You've seen the injuries where are you at with this team right now, heading into Sunday and moving forward after that. Yeah. I mean, you know, on this pod, we're always hands up if we're wrong. Yep. Right? So like, I, I am definitely thinking I'm going to be wrong about this. Like at this point, the only way they're making the playoffs is if is if Dallas craters. They're not going to. They are not going to be a better team than Dallas this year. Like so, if, if the Dax- only uh, let's not forget the seventh wild or the you know the third wild card, the seventh team. Like 
they were there was an eight and eight team that made it last year in Chicago. Now I don't think that'll happen with how good the NFC West has been already and looks like it's going to be. But like I do I think the only way they win the division, obviously, of Dallas Craters, but like if you still think the Eagles can be an eight and nine team or a nine and eight team, I don't think that means they definitely couldn't get a wild card. I don't think they're gonna be That's that true. good, obviously. But now, I don't I, I, I do think Vikings that extra might... wild card makes at least it makes it a little more interesting from that perspective. Yeah, I agree. But I, I also think, like, if you look at the other divisions, I mean, the NFC South, like, I think there's three teams probably in that division better than the Eagles. Yep. Um, NFC, all, NFC North. All four. Pack. Oh, you're saying, I was going to say NFC West, all four. And yeah, the North, the Packers, and maybe Minnesota. Yes. So I do. Yes, you're right. They, it, they could make it at nine and eight, but I would be surprised. I think there'll be other teams with better records than them. Um, but then also, not to mention they already lost to the Niners. So like, if, if for whatever reason they finish with the same record as the Niners, they lost that tiebreaker. You know, they're so I think they'll ultimately end up losing a lot of tiebreakers. But regardless, I, yeah, like I think I could be wrong. Like this team could definitely win six games. I mean, it, it could it could get to that because the schedule is tough and the injuries are bad. And I'm not blaming the franchise for the injuries. I don't think it's like a flaw of Howie Roseman's that this team's injured. But like they are, they do get injured a lot. So I still think, in a lot of ways, like I feel my assessment was correct. But one thing I always said was their starters are good. The you know, and you said the depth was really bad, uh-huh. and I said we'll see. But they're they're gonna they're clearly gonna need the depth way sooner than I thought. Like if all this happened in week eleven, I wouldn't be as concerned. But because all this has already happened, then you know, yeah, it's, it could get ugly for sure. Yeah, and that again, that was my I just figured there'd be injuries like there always are with this team and, yeah. and again i don't know how he plays the game or whatever we've gone back and forth on that i don't even you know we don't know enough to really argue that well we don't know who's well you know i think i think there's really only one way to say it and you probably agree it's not their fault they're getting hurt but it is their fault that they're relying on guys with the injury history and they don't have, and you don't think they have good depth like yeah and I, I, look i don't the know only way that's the only take to have on it right well i agree i, I do think they're like yeah like i mean isaac samuel doesn't break his foot because they're of any training thing they do i don't think but i do that's think for right. like the soft tissue stuff they've had the hamstrings and stuff over the last few years i think you could maybe it could have something to do with that stuff but again we don't know i don't know enough to say it is i it, it is abnormal it feels like it's a lot comparatively um, so, you know, you try and wonder why, but um, I'm with you. I, I think on the most basic level, that's that's probably a good way to put it. And look, I'm I'm right there with you. You know, I said seven wins. I never backed off it. Even after week one, I was like, they're going to be better than I thought they'd be, but I still am sticking with seven wins. And now they're going to be kind of what I thought they'd be. I, I, seven wins, I agree, might be even a little optimistic now. It really depends on on if they can steal one of these next few. You know, if they can find a way to beat the Panthers or beat the Raiders or whatever, I think that goes a long way towards helping them get to seven or whatever at the end of the season because the end of the season schedule is way easier. Like, I mean, you still have two against Washington and two against the Giants. That's four winnable games no matter what else happens. And you have the Jets. That's five winnable games. And Detroit. So you'd have six winnable games on the the rock. And look, like... Denver's good, but you know that game's a far way out. They don't strike me as a team that's going to like hold on to this. They're giving no, up nine points. They're still a game. three and out. Yeah, and again, I, look, who knows? Either way, the point is there are winnable games on the schedule, and if they can maybe get on a roll towards the end of the season, that could help. But I also worry that if it snowballs and you're one and six, like people check it's out. Great. People exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah. I, I can see many different angles for where this goes. I think ultimately six ish, seven ish is, is probably the right number. Six. I think if I had to, if I had to rechoose, I would probably go to six instead of seven right now. Um, I would too. For what it's worth. So, but but again, like um, you know, I I think that we always said coming into this season, no matter what happens, that yes, we want them to make the playoffs. You thought they could be good, all that stuff. But we said on a basic level, the most important things that this season was about was finding out if Nick Sirianni's the guy and finding out if Jalen Hurts is the guy. So that's what we need to pay attention to, and that's why we're talking about, it, and that's what we're going to keep watching because. I think still, regardless of anything else, like those are the two most important things that have to happen this year. And and in turn with those things, what it means for Howie Roseman and above, I think those are going to yep. be the big things we're watching. All right, the Chiefs game itself, the seven-point line, man, like I don't get it. I, I get it if I it's— some thoughts. Like, good, because I want your thoughts, because it came out at six and a half on, on uh, Sunday night or Monday, whatever it was. It's like, okay, well, they haven't played the Cowboys yet. Maybe they win tonight. It could be, of course, six and a half. That seems fair. After the Monday night game, I thought by now, it is Thursday at almost 3 o'clock, I thought it would be like 8, 8.5 by now. I thought that's how much the line yeah, would have moved by double now. Digits. Yeah, well, I thought it would get eventually. They never moved that quick. Like, it's never going to jump four points that quickly unless there's an injury. But I thought by game day, it would be like 9.5. I thought 9, 9.5 by yeah. the time the game was played. It is certainly not trending that way now. 
Um, what do you think? What do you make of the fact that it's not moving much? I think I think that maybe look, I'm not gonna pick the Eagles to win, but like the line is definitely in the we should be alert that something could happen here. I zone. agree. It's a like, it it's a weird line. Seven, you know? It's a weird so, line. So here's my thing. Ultimately, I don't think the Eagles will win because I just don't think the Chiefs are gonna drop to drop to one and three. I just don't see that in I don't envision that happening. But here's what I'd also say. Like, it's tough to win in the NFL year after year. Every team has a down year if they're successful, like besides the Patriots. Like, you know, very few teams win after year after year. They lost the Super Bowl last year. There's always like that lost Super Bowl hangover type and thing. And they were right? in it two years in a row, playing in the Super Bowl two years in and a yeah, row. Alone. They were in it two years in a row. So their defense, the stats are terrible. And to what I was talking about with Miles Sanders, like they're allowing 5.4 yards per carry, second worst in the NFL. Now they've played the Browns, the Ravens, and the uh, Chargers. So they played three good teams with, with good running backs and good running games. So that's part of it. But their defensive stats are super bad. Like they're giving up almost 32 points a game. Uh, their pass defense is in, the, in, is in the bottom 10 in the NFL. They're giving up the third most rushing yards. They're giving up, like I said, the second most yards per carry at 5.4. They've turned it over six times in three games. Like if you remove the Chiefs label, you would look at them and say they have a really good offense and a really bad defense. And so the question is, can the Eagles move the ball on this defense and get into a shootout? And ultimately, I don't think they'll be able to. But I think the reason the line could be close like this is because and we should also say a seven point line isn't exactly close. right like it's right it's just three, closer than know? we thought it would be yes so i think that the books are looking and saying their defense is terrible they get lit up every week so maybe the eagles score a lot of points and then it turns into a close game but like it also just could not be the chiefs year like the chiefs could definitely go like nine and eight make the playoffs and then make the super bowl like they're good enough to do that but i think they could putter through the year so I agree with that. I think it is really, really, really hard to go to the Super Bowl two years in a row and then go back. I mean, again, look, we've only seen the Patriots do it in our lifetime, you know, in terms of right. making it to the Super Bowl three, or at least not maybe not lifetime, the last 20 years, whatever. Um, it's hard well, to do. Lifetime's a little older. Yeah, as we've yeah. it might be my lifetime. I'm trying to think. I honestly, I don't think there's been one in my lifetime. I could be wrong. Did other the, than C- the Seahawks go back-to-back years? They're back to I'm talking about going three years in a row. Right. Like, it yeah, is... I don't know if it's happened. You know, I mean, obviously in my life, uh, the Cowboys, the Steelers, maybe the Cowboys in the nineties. I know they won two in a row and I think they won two out of th- uh, two in a row. Then miss one, then won another, but they didn't go to the Super Bowl. Oh, the bills. Duh. Duh. I'm an idiot. The bills won the Super Bowl four years in a row. Duh. That was dumb. Yes. Of me. Um, there you go. But, but, still, but again, only one time, but it's really hard. It's really hard to keep getting it back and doing it, especially now with all these injuries today and all that. Like I'm with you. I, that's why I picked Bills Rams at the start of the season as my Super Bowl pick. I, know. I picked the Bills. I shouldn't have picked the Chiefs. I picked we'll them say. for that reason. I was like, it's it's really hard to go to the Super Bowl three years in a row and then ultimately win it. Um, so I could see that. But as far as it goes on Sunday, like I just, I if the if the Chiefs were two and one coming in, maybe if they were three and out coming in, sure, a one and two Chiefs team that just needs it so desperately that is yes not close to as good as they've been but still just talent wise outclasses the eagles from a talent perspective um I, I i'm i'm shocked i get it i think everything you said is logical and it makes sense and maybe it's the reason why it's seven i just for me it does nothing for me like let's get to it i'll do it right now our pigs i'm taking the chiefs and i'm laying the seven and i would i would go all the way up to 10 if the line were chiefs minus 10 i would still take the chiefs yeah Look, the, the Eagles are not going to win a shootout with the Chiefs. Like, the Eagles, like, their their offense is not going to be good enough where they're scoring, you know, two out of every three drives, right? Like, that's not going to happen. They they might get into the 20s, but they're not getting into the 30s. Um, now, one interesting note, Jonathan Gannon talked about it this week, that last time the, his defense played the Chiefs, now I was with the Colts defense, they held him to 13 points, and there was no Tyreek Hill. So you really can't take anything from it. I just thought it was a little interesting. You know, if you want to throw positive vibes out in the atmosphere. Sure. Like the last time Gannon's defense played, I mean, at 13 points. I think, once again, like it won't feel as ugly as the Cowboys game because I think there was hope they could beat the Cowboys. And I think that an ugly loss here just would feel different because nobody expects them to win. But it could definitely get ugly. Like It, it could certainly be like, you know, 37 to, to 17 or like something like that. Like this Eagles offense two weeks in a row has really struggled to score. And, you know, I don't think we should expect them to be any better until we see differently. Like, yeah. you know, yes, the Chiefs defense is bad, and I think they'll run the ball more, but, like, 
do we really think this offense is going to get into the 30s? I mean, it's possible, I guess, but I, I wouldn't bet on it. And the Chiefs' offense is definitely getting in the 30s. So I, I agree with you. I would definitely lay the seven. Um, 10 points is a lot of points for, you know, a home team and all that. But, like, yeah, I would probably feel comfortable doing that. Like, if I had to make a pick, I'd probably guess, like, you know, 32 to 17, yeah. 32 to 21. You know, like, something like that. Me too. Me too. I feel I feel very confident taking the Chiefs. And, look, hopefully we're wrong. And maybe there's actually something fun to talk about. But I, I, well, I would... the Panthers win. The Panthers game becomes a must-win game. Yeah. No, it really does. You're right. You're right. All right. We'll get into that, uh, obviously, next week. Um, Saturday, Parks Picks Pod plus one to three on WIP will be there. Call us. We love, love, love getting the podcast listeners and all the awesome birthday wishes last week made my birthday. So call in, say hi. We love it. Um, Elliot, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, you know, I was thinking yesterday that I haven't had a lot of final thoughts recently, and I feel like it's just because everything I think about is about this team right now. So I just get all my thoughts out. Like, I haven't really watched any good TV shows recently. I've been catching up on all the housewives, like, you know, Beverly Hills, Salt Lake City, those type of things. But, oh, I did see a stand-up comedy show. Ooh. And we've discussed this, how I don't like stand-up comedy. Yes, makes you uncomfortable. But I enjoyed it. I laughed. You know, it was fun. Who was it? Uh, Heather McDonald. She does a lot of like Bravo humor, nice. like about like the housewives and stuff. Bravo humor. So it's right up your alley. Yeah. Well, it was funny. So the place <laughs> we saw it, exactly. It was my type of show. Um, the place we saw it, we it was um, you bought tickets. Obviously, like me and Chris got a ticket, but they put you at tables of four, and so that we sat across from a couple that we had no idea. But it wasn't like they weren't far enough where we could just ignore them like it was literally like being almost like on a couple blind date so That's and weird. thankfully the guy was an eagles fan so That's we huge. had stuff to talk about. huge but yeah all right it was just a very funny setup uh i'll do a two final thoughts i'll give you a tv one just because you did too and and i i don't know if i've ever mentioned the pod because i don't know if i i didn't talk about it when i watched it live but but emily had never seen it so i am re-watching succession with emily it is just mm -hmm. the best show on television. Like it flat, really, it flat yeah, out. So. It is just if you have not seen Succession, watch it. Like if the new season's coming back this month, October, so October seventeenth, I think it is. It's worth mm -hmm. it. It is totally worth catching up and watching it. All the TV, all the characters are so well thought out, well fleshed out. They feel so authentic to who they are, and it's just it's it's a really funny dark comedy. It's a, it's a great great show. So and it's coming back. It's coming back. So highly highly recommend Succession. Emily's loving it. We're about to finish season one. She's loving it. So high recommendation there. My other final thought is um, like father like son. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it. Our buddy Brandon Lee Gowton, our good friend who runs BringingNation.com, um, had uh, received a DM from Monty Rager. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my, my thing with this is then he blocked him. And Monty Rigger said, like, basically, BLG put out an article talking about how Quez Watkins deserves more snaps than Rigger, which is something we have talked about on this show and we, as a, as a show, feel incredibly strongly about. Um, but Monte Rigger got mad and got in his DMs and, like, blocked him after. And BLG posted it. And well, I think BLG blocked him, actually. No, 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 no. Monte, I talked to BLG about it. Monte Rigger blocked BLG. That's the okay. reason well, that the reason BLG different. put that out there was he, he thought it was so silly that this guy had DM'd him about this to start a conversation and then blocked him. Like he was like, "Well, yes. that's dumb. Like why why would you even DM me? Just block me. Like why did you do that?" And that's why BLG put it out there. But but my real takeaway to this is first and foremost, like Monty Rager, man. Like seriously, like you're really responding to writers writing about stuff about your kid. Like chill, dude. Like chill. All right? Like that's not how this works. Second of all, all the people got mad at BLG about this. Like, I, I just, we are at such a weird point. And I know, Elliot, you deal with this a lot. And I don't envy you on it. But, like, we are at a really weird place where you can't criticize players or criticize the team without, you know, people coming after you. And, and you know, there are certain players that people are super defensive over. And Jalen Rager seems to be one of them. Hey, look. Jalen Rager has sucked as an eagle. Like, I'm sorry. I wish he were awesome. It breaks my soul every time I think about Justin Jefferson, how awesome that guy is. Like, I get it. I wish Jalen Rager were awesome. But guess what? He has not been, and it is okay to point that out. It is fair to point that out. Like, just stop. Like, stop getting on people for, for putting things out there that are just facts. That's my yes. final thought. 
So this could be a good topic for a pod one day. So I won't go too deep into it. But just my quick reaction to that would be, one, like my advice to Reger, Monty Reger, would be like, I completely understand you want to defend your son. I'm sure it's very frustrating to see people say mean things about your son. Like, I, I don't have a kid. But, oh my know, God! I, 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 this you're, it's a great point. If someone were saying mean stuff about Zoe, I would, yeah, like, I would literally it, drive it to their house and murder them. So yeah, not to respond. Yeah, yeah. So my advice would be don't, just because for this exact reason, there's nothing that positive comes from it. But I understand wanting to do it. In terms of being mad at BLG, I do wonder if people misunderstood this because I saw this and and thought, oh wow, BLG blocked him. So maybe so they people must misunderstood. Have. People might have misunderstood. But either way, that this has been a continuous thing where people are getting mad at reporters. Or people who talk about the team or whatever for just stating facts, for stating things that are true. And I don't know. It just seems like a really weird yeah. spot that we're in with that stuff. So I don't know. It's a like, weird time. Yeah. All we're least. doing here is just saying what we think. And we're not trying to hurt well, anybody. It was we're a not... lot more fun when I thought the team was going to be good and everyone was happy with me. Now everyone's mad back. at you for getting their hopes up. And you can't win. I know. I, know. I feel for everybody. You can't win. But I'm happy people read and interact and all yeah, that. That's that's what matters. Um and, yes. and none of this is about the Go Birds listeners, because you're all beautiful, wonderful. Exactly. Awesome, obviously. The best. All right. Uh Saturday Parks picks, WIP, and then of course Sunday after the game, we'll be back with the post game pod. So we'll react to it all. So until then, he's Adam James. We'll talk to you soon. Oh,